Hello and welcome to the Clark County, Ohio 101 podcast, the show that explains the ins and outs of Clark County, Ohio's local government. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Michael Cooper. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Clark County's Mental Health Urgent Care Project and the One Ohio Committee with McKinley Hall CEO, Winnie Doolittle, and Clark County Region 14 Commissioner's appointee, Bo Thompson. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Doing great here. Well, hey, thanks a lot for sitting down and talking to me today. I really appreciate it. First of all, we're going to start with Bo. Talk a little bit about the One Ohio legislation and how that came to be and, and how Clark County is involved in that. Sure. So this all came about several years ago. Uh, uh, basically, every almost thousands of state, county, municipal, and township governments from across the country sued in class action against drug manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and prescribers. Um, so that was the original class action litigation. At some point, the Ohio Attorney General and Governor got together and thought, if we can resolve Ohio's claims against these defendants together in one large settlement, it would put us in a better position uh, in order to get our claims paid out earlier and hopefully for more money. So um, those thousands of the Ohio plaintiffs got together, nearly all of them, not quite all of them, and um, signed on to this one Ohio memorandum of understanding. So as settlements have occurred throughout time uh, with some of these defendants, money has begun to roll into the state. And um, the way that we structured it was that 55% would go to the One Ohio Foundation, which is what we're here to talk about today. 30% would go directly to local governments like Clark County. And 15% would go directly to the state. Uh, But all of that money, uh, none of that's a blank check. Uh, We have agreed that all of that money would be for opioid-related purposes, either prevention of folks getting, you know, getting towards an opiate addiction or treating those folks who already have one. Um, so that's kind of how the litigation came about. What is your role in that as far as region 14 is concerned? Obviously you're the commissioner's appointee from Clark County. Uh, kind of what's your role in that, in sure. that process? Sure. Um, well, region 14, so the state formed 19 regions of local government to, uh, determine what to do with that money. Region 14 is the one that Clark County's in. It's made up of seven counties, Clark, Madison, Green, Clinton, Warren, Butler, and Claremont. And they formed a 21 member board, including three people from each county, one from the board of county commissioners, one from the largest municipality in the county, and one from the township association. So the board of Clark County commissioners appointed me as our region 14 representative. And then additionally, the the region formed a seven member executive board, uh, one from each county and the Clark County one Ohio committee appointed me to that executive board where I serve as the secretary. And now talk a little about the one, the local one Ohio committee and how, how that works and, and what kind of the purpose is for, for our local committee here in Clark County. Sure. So there's the state board, uh, which is pretty formal, formally made up also the regional board, which is formally made up, as I just said, And each of the counties in our region chose to set up a local kind of steering committee that's a little bit less informal. Um, The members include uh, the health commissioner, city manager of New Carlisle and city of Springfield, uh, fire and EMS, myself, uh, county commissioner, and a few others who just basically give their thoughts to the folks who are going up to the regional level and representing our interests there. And now, uh, so Wendy, you can probably talk, speak to this as well. What kind of projects have we talked about doing as far as with this one Ohio uh, settlement money we're going to be receiving here sometime in the future? Maybe we've already received it. Uh, you know, what are kind of the, the goals for that committee? 
So it's pretty exciting, actually. Um, I guess we'd have to at least mention the ARPA funds. Yes, absolutely. Um, and those came, uh, our county commissioner, you know, they, the county saw the need and we're, they have dedicated $3.6 towards the project that we'd like to propose. But we would like to use that money to uh, leverage some of the One Ohio Foundation dollars. Um, the, the biggest need that we have in our community around substance use and uh, behavioral health issues has to do with not having a 24-hour facility where folks can go um, whatever time of day when they're at that point where they, they the crisis is there and they need the services. So this money would um, basically be used to build out a um, urgent care, like a behavioral health urgent care, where that's open 24-7. Uh, the licensure around that for the state of Ohio would look like a, a high intensity residential withdrawal management facility that could also support folks that have co-occurring disorders. Um, when we just look at the Clark County deaths alone from 2022, um, we understand that at least uh, 57% of those folks had some involvement with mental health services. And that doesn't include those that just didn't make it to get mental health services. So you have a large co-occurring population when you're talking about the SUD folks uh, that could benefit from these services. Um, obviously, if we could open up such a clinic and this goes through, it'll take some of the strain off of our local hospital. Uh, they are always trying to serve this population and they're not designed to serve this population as well as our Clark County Jail. Um, so the goal is to work collaboratively with Clark County Mental Health Services, who have recently initiated a mobile crisis unit with dollars from uh, the Mental Health and Recovery Board. And so referrals for this place could come from family. They could come from the jail. They could come from EMS. They could come from the hospital um, or just an individual that's like, I'm, I'm ready right now at 10 p.m. to do something different. Um, in addition to this clinic, there will also be two uh, recovery housing units attached uh, housing five beds for women and five beds for men. So they'd go from this urgent care and they could transition into the housing for more stability, uh, which would equal obviously greater success. How often do you guys see those referrals as far as people who need help immediately, but, but aren't able to get that right away as far as like a, a mental health crisis? Um, so when you're looking at SUD and co-occurring, we probably at McKinley Hall alone see at least two or three a week minimum. And who knows how more there are because we close at five. Um, and I'm sure some of these other for-profit clinics are seeing the same things because they too close, um, you know, basically during business hours. While we do have a residential treatment facility, there's nothing available for folks after hours to, to meet that crisis need. And, and how will that, if, uh, will that meet the need as far as how will that meet the need being able, being open 24 hours a day? will we'll... absolutely. So if I just give you an example, um, Right now, probably the main uh, substance used to address the opioid epidemic is Suboxone. And in order to start that medication for withdrawal management, you have to have a period of hours uh, into withdrawal before you can start it. Generally, we say 18. So if someone comes in on a, on a Thursday at 2 o'clock, we don't have 18 hours to sit with them while they get to that point of withdrawal so we can start the medication and give them the comfort meds. So you're talking about all of these folks that right now, most facilities are expecting them to show up in 18 hours of withdrawal in order to start the medication. So you can see how we lose so many people that way. So talk about just the location of this facility and, and how soon you guys plan to open that. 
So it's pretty exciting as well. Um, we would like to use the old Hart House on High Street, the hospital currently, Springfield Red Regional Medical Center owns that, and uh, they have um, offered it, uh, w they're willing to sell it to uh, McKinley Hall for $250,000. Uh, with the commitment of leaving 150, I mean, a hundred thousand of those dollars in our community to continue to continue to circulate and provide needed services. So it's nice to know at least a hundred thousand of that will even stay here, but to get such a good deal on that building, they see the need. It will also uh, help the folks that they're working with that they're unable to treat uh, this kind of uh, uh, putting a strain on the ER. So uh, this old heart house, uh, it's about 9,500 square feet or so. All three of the facilities, the projects will be located there. Um, we're hoping by January they will be able to start doing some of the renovations. So we're in the process now of locating the architect, getting the appraisals done and things like that. And then hopefully before December, we'll have um, the uh, contractors identified who will start working on the project. And that's great. It's got to feel good to be able to use this money to fill such a, a big void in the community. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm so uh, grateful for... Uh, the foundation, the county, everybody coming together and recognizing that this is a, a community effort. It can't be done in a silo, but the impact is for the entire community. I mean, it's, we think about even the number of children, I believe, uh, of those folks that died of an overdose in 2022, 23% of them had minor children. So this is something that affects the entire community. Um, so it is, it's exciting to see people getting on board, recognizing the need and, and the willingness to, to get us health, get us to healthy here in Clark County. And this is not something that's just happening here in Clark County. This is kind of becoming a trend across the nation. Is that correct? As far as these mental health urgent cares are concerned. They're starting to pop up. Um, uh, Ohio mental health and addiction services don't have a, a good name just yet. So in the mental health sector, it would be crisis stabilization. We don't quite have that designed in the on the SUD side. Uh, so they're working on that. And that's why right now we know the certification would be a high intensity uh, residential withdrawal management facility. So absolutely, they're, they're starting to pop up um, ahead of legislation to actually identify what these are because we see the need. Is there anything else you guys can talk about that the One Ohio uh, committee here locally is working on? Any other projects that you feel could be beneficial to the community? We're still in the very early stages at the regional level. Um, in fact, the state hasn't even opened the grant portal. That's probably expected to be late this fall or close, close to the new years. Um, I know in the meetings I've had, there's been talk of sending out mental health professionals on overdose calls because I, and I'm sure Wendy could talk to this, a lot of folks who realize that they have a problem and they want to fix it, you have to get to them right when they make that realization because if you don't, they can reach a different conclusion pretty quickly. Um, there's also been some talk about education for folks who deal with these people in emergency rooms, um, nurses and doctors who have continuing education uh, requirements and trying to provide them with resources specific to opioid addiction. So they have train, you know, more training to deal with those folks when they come in. And I, I will say this, if anyone has, there's a whole lot of information on oneohiofoundation.com, O-N-E, it's spelled out. Um, that I, we kind of scratched the surface on the organizational structure, because honestly, I don't know that people want to hear me ramble about that for 25 minutes, but there's a lot of information there. If people want to learn more, uh, anything else I need to know, anything I didn't ask today, guys. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think we gave a pretty good overview of what the plan is and, um, and just, you know, this, 
this idea that we have a community that's backing us is, is pretty significant. I don't think most communities have that. And this has been a problem that, and obviously you and I, Wendy, have talked about this, pro, pro, this, this problem in the community for years, even before I started working at Clark County. Uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's a major problem in Clark County that we're really making some headway on. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Our overdose rates are down from 21 to 22. So yeah, things are happening, but we just got to pick it up at a faster pace and fill the gaps. Great. Thank you guys very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. This has been the Clark County, Ohio 101 podcast. For more information about the One Ohio Committee, log on to oneohiofoundation.com. For more information about Clark County's Mental Health Urgent Care Project, log on to clarkcountyohio.gov. Thanks for listening.